Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Drops fall and dance across your floor. They hold me down as we fall down against your bed and leaves have come and gone away. I just can't remember what you said. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. You're listening to a clip of Bedridden by the Midwestern, a five-piece rock band from Cincinnati. The Midwestern is our featured Ohio musical artist this week, so stick around. Because at the end of the podcast, we'll tell you a little bit more about them, how to find their music, and let you listen to the whole song. But for now, it's time to throw another log on that fire, campers. We've got a new mystery for you. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder. And with me is our researcher and storyteller, Paula Schleiss, an award-winning journalist who spent 30 years at the Akron Beacon Journal telling these types of stories. Hi, everybody. So I hear tonight's episode was suggested by one of our listeners. Yes, it was. This might be a good time to remind people we are happy to hear what mysteries are weighing in on their minds. Just shoot us an email to feedback at ohiomysteries.com and we'll look into it. So what's tonight's subject? We're going to January of 1997 with this one. And it's a good month and a promising start to a new year for Renee Wise, who lives in Portage County's Suffield Township. For starters, Renee just got engaged. She'd gone to Cancun, Mexico over the New Year's holiday with her boyfriend, Kevin McCutcheon. They'd been dating for more than five years. She told her family she was expecting him to propose during that trip. He didn't. But four days after they returned, on January 6th, he revealed a diamond engagement ring. They even set the date for June 28. She broke the news to her family during a weekly dinner gathering. At the age of 30, Renee was also eager to become a mother. And she was going to get some training in that. McCutcheon had two young children and they were making plans for her to leave her one-room apartment and move in with all of them. Renee's employer saw a marked change in her attitude that January. Roger Arnold, the owner of Puritan Systems, which was a rubber recycling facility where Renee was the office manager, she'd come to work there three years earlier, and Roger said for a time it didn't seem like Renee was genuinely happy with her life, and now she was. Renee had found what she was looking for, he told a reporter. We thought things were finally going right in her life. Her future was looking pretty bright. Well, Renee was one of three sisters and a 1984 graduate of Cuyahoga Falls High School. 
She earned a degree in business management from Stark Technical College. But she was also thinking about a career change. She had recently taken a written exam with the hopes of becoming an Akron firefighter, and she was waiting for the results. But right when the pieces of her life were falling into place, pieces in her life began moving. She'd place an item in one place and come home to find it in another place. She convinced herself she must have moved it. Once she came home to find muddy footprints in the kitchen, she cleaned them up, passing them off as her own. Another time she smelled natural gas in her kitchen, and she found the stove had been shoved against the wall, bending a pipe and leaking gas into the air. She also noticed a leg off of her electric skillet was broken, though the appliance was still on the counter where it was kept. Had she done these things and not realized it? She finally stopped making excuses for all these little quirks the day she noticed a slice in the screen of a little-used rear fire door to her apartment and found that a jar where she kept her spare change was missing. Someone had been in her apartment. Now, Renee lived on South Cleveland Avenue in Portage County's Suffield Township. Her cousin, Mary Kreitz, owned a home there, and there was a garage in the back of the property with a tiny one-room apartment above it. Renee went to give her cousin rent money and mentioned the missing change jar and all of the odd things that had been happening in her apartment. Renee, who once was so excited when she had moved out on her own two and a half years earlier, now admitted that she was scared. I'm not so crazy about living here anymore, she told her cousin, adding how much she was looking forward to moving in with her fiancé and his kids. On January 16, Renee was at work when she decided it was time to get the police involved. From her office in Brimfield Township, she called the police. The village of Mogador picked up but told Renee it sounded like her home was in Springfield Township. The dispatcher sent her to Springfield Township Police, and there a detective took Renee's call. I've had a burglary, I think, she told Detective Moneypenny. So he told her to call back when she got home that evening, and he would send an officer over to take a look and write a report. Neither Wise nor Detective Moneypenny realized that her apartment was just across the line in Suffield Township. She had the wrong police department, but it didn't matter. Nobody got a call from Renee that night. One person who had been expecting her call was Renee's sister, Erin. The two had chatted while Renee was still at work, and they were trying to make plans to get together that evening. Well, when Renee didn't call back, Erin assumed Renee had settled on option B. That was to go to Akron to visit a relative of her fiancé who was in the hospital. The other person expecting a call from her that night was her fiancé, Kevin McCutcheon. And when he didn't hear from her, he called her apartment. And when there was no answer there, just like Erin, he figured she had made other plans. But morning came, and when Kevin called again, she still wasn't answering, and he became concerned. So he drove out to her apartment, and at 9 a.m., he let himself in, and he was confronted with a horrible scene. There was blood spattered on the walls, and there was Renee lying on the floor. The Portage County Coroner report described cuts to her face and neck, 
blunt impact to her head and strangulation. Investigators said the scene suggested Renee had arrived home from work that evening, hung her coat on a rack beside the door, and turned to find her killer. Now, Weiss had a pet pot-bellied pig named Stinky. There are conflicting accounts as to what happened to the pig. One account had the pig roaming the apartment and trashing the crime scene. Another version said the pig was found shut inside the bathroom. That's where Weiss kept it when she wasn't home. Not surprisingly, the fiancé became the first suspect. Sheriff detectives detained Kevin McCutcheon for eight hours, doing interviews, giving him a polygraph for which he passed, and this was also a period in which they learned that McCutcheon had a record. He had three convictions in Akron Municipal Court for assaults against women. A fourth assault in March of 1996 had been dismissed at the victim's request. In an interview with a reporter six months after Renee's murder, McCutcheon told a reporter he had turned his life around. I realized I didn't like the person I was being, he said. I went to a counselor, stopped going to bars, and started going to church. I still do not go to bars, and I still go to church. McCutcheon said he even convinced Renee to attend weekly services with him at the chapel in Akron, and she became a Sunday school teacher there for four-year-olds. I didn't do it, he told the reporter. The detectives have gathered on me all the evidence they can get months ago. If there were a speck of evidence against me, I believe I wouldn't be here talking to you. McCutcheon had been close with Renee's family, but they became estranged after the murder. Renee's father, James Wise, told a reporter, right now, I can't trust anyone outside my immediate family. He also added that he was unhappy with the progress of the investigation and his inability to get information from authorities. All we want is to know the truth, James Wise said. Police have never said what weapon was used or whether they'd recovered it. They cut a section of kitchen floor to preserve a footprint. They also confirmed once that they were looking for a person who lived near Renee but had moved from the neighborhood before her murder. Renee's family felt strongly that whoever killed Renee knew her and possibly the rest of the family as well. No one was arrested or ever charged in her death. Sounds like a good time to bring in our armchair detective for a chat. This week, we've enlisted a couple of Renee's friends to help us explore this cold case. With us, we have Bonnie Tharp from Rochester Township in Lorraine County. Renee was Bonnie's boss at Puritan Systems and her partner in a golf league. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for being with us. Hi. And we also have with with us Carol Byers. She's an Ohio Mysteries listener from Akron, Ohio, and was also on that golf league with Renee. Hi, Carol. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. All right. Well... uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about Renee. Bonnie, what can you tell us about Renee? What was she like? She was a very sweet person. She was a good egg. She worked hard. She was, you know, getting to a good point in her life where she had met a a nice guy and was going to settle down and 
you know, start another chapter in her life. She was just a, a good person all around. Carol, did you get to know her well enough that you had uh, an opinion of her? Not super well, but I know everybody on the golf league loved her. She was just a real sweetheart, easy to get to know, and I know she really, really enjoyed the golf league. She, um, the one thing I remember very well about Renee was that we had a banquet at the end of the season, and she bought a cake, and nobody expected the cake. We were all surprised, and we wanted to reimburse her, and she would have absolutely no part of that. She said that was her way of thanking us for letting her do the thing that was the most fun in her life. Aww. She had a potbelly pig. Did you know that, Bonnie? I did. Her, as a matter of fact, I met the pig this one time. Um, at the time, the guy that I was married to, we had property down by Tappan, and um, Renee and Paul and his kids and the pig came down for a weekend, and I met the pig, Stinky. Um, Renee loved the pig. And uh, a year after this happened to Renee, we actually had a, a benefit golf outing to, um, to benefit the Akron Battered Women's Shelter. And we were able to raise $2,000, and it was called the Stinky Open. <laughs> oh, how cute. Do you, do you know what happened to that pig? They had to put it to sleep. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah. yeah, they had to have it put to sleep. Okay. And we still have the trophy, Bonnie, and pass it around every year at Great Trails. <laughs> the More stinky good. open. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we, re- we resurrected it. We had to find it down at Great Trails, but we did, and, and uh, we use it every year. So, Carol, you're still in the golf oh, yes. league. Oh, Bonnie, yes. you're not probably hard to come all the way down from Lorraine County for that. Huh? Once in a while, we, we re-recruit her, and she joins us, but okay. it's been a little while. <laughs> Let me ask you, I mean, it, it sounded like Renee really had been anticipating getting engaged during that New Year's Eve trip and that it finally happened, you know, a few days after getting back. Did she talk about her engagement to, to Kevin? Was she genuinely excited about getting married? She was, and then when she found out the reason why he didn't do it over the holiday, he needed to get the ring resized. He didn't want to give it to her and then have to take it back. Oh, to get her that's why. Okay. Yeah. So, and when she got it, she loved it. And she was in love and so looking forward to the rest of her life. Aww. Bonnie, you obviously spent a lot of time with her at work. Did Renee talk at all about these strange things that were happening at her house? Um, She did Um, right before she was taken from us she had mentioned the especially the electric skillet that was on her counter but the leg had been broken off and then the the disappearance of her change jar that you know she kept there to you know throw throw her loose coins into that someone had taken that did you get an impression of how much that unsettled her i mean did, was she scared she was she 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 was getting quite concerned about, you know, constantly things, you know, moving. And then once the change jar disappeared, um, she was really concerned. I remember reading in the paper about her, I think it was her cousin who said that Renee had, for a lot of these movements of objects in her house, she had convinced herself, well, she must have done it. And it made me think of that. Do you remember that Ingrid Bergman film, Gaslight? Her husband was mm. doing things around the house mm. and had her thinking that she was losing her mind. 
And so there became a term called gaslighting where somebody would actually go and um, purposefully do things in your environment and get you to think that you were responsible for it. And it made me wonder, was somebody intentionally gaslighting her that they kept going into her house and, and moving objects? That was so strange. Mm. Bonnie, yeah. I got I to gotta ask if you've got a theory on this case. I, I think they need to look at uh, Denny Ross, the guy that's in prison for beating another woman, that she didn't die, she survived. And um, he also, I, although I did, since I don't live in the Akron area anymore, I don't have access to the Beacon Journal, so I don't know if they ever convicted him of killing Hannah Hill. I do believe that he was the main suspect in the Hannah Hill. But anyways, I think that that man is a serial killer, and maybe Renee was his first. I don't know, but... For whatever reason, it's in my heart that they need to look at him. What was it about him that really struck you in this case? Was it the the location, the timing? Was he in that neighborhood? I think he grew up in the Mogador area, which isn't too far from where Renee lived. And I don't know exactly where in the Mogador area he grew up, but... She had mentioned, you know, when things started moving around in her house and disappearing, that she thought it was a bunch of punk kids, which at the time I think he would have been considered a punk kid. So yeah, that, that's my thinking. Uh, yeah, the Hannah Hill case. If you are from the Akron area, Hannah Hill, those are, that's a name that you'll remember. Hannah Hill was murdered in 1999, there was a mistrial in the attempt to convict Denny Ross of that murder. And then in 2012, there was a retrial, and he was convicted. So he is in jail for that murder. I just wish that someone would really look into this case and get it solved, because obviously the person that did this to Renee is still out there. Or, you know, if it turns out to be my theory, at least he's in prison. But at least we would know who did this to Renee. And with with what we heard that um, Renee fought, that she she didn't cave. Um, She had scratches, she had bruises, she had skin underneath her fingernails that with today's technology that they can't do DNA testing and, and find out who did this. Well, that's a good point. If she had skin under her nails, I got to believe that someday they're going to solve this because pretty soon these criminals are just going to be falling like crazy. I mean, the the technology is just unreal today. And I got to believe that might be that might be what doesn't. I hope so. Certainly hope so. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on here and and chatting with us about Renee it means so much to me to know more about the person that we're talking about. It makes it real, and I just feel it's just more respectful and, you know, to be able to share somebody's story with our listeners if we can put a personality to a name. So thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. 
That's it for tonight, campers. You can find photos, news clippings, links, all kinds of supportive media on our website at ohiomysteries.com. Just head on over and you'll be able to see who we're talking about. Now, about tonight's band. What do you know about them, Paula? Well, they call themselves the Midwestern. And I'd love to tell you their full names, but a couple of them are a mouthful. So rather than risk getting them wrong, let me share this much. The Midwestern is made up of Jim on vocals, guitar, and harmonica, Mark on guitar and vocals, Brendan on drums, Anthony on bass, and Adam on lead guitar. At least their first names weren't there. Huh? I got the first names That's done. That's great. Yeah, I think you nailed that one. <laughs> the guys, they're from Cincinnati. And while we are always hopeful that our listeners will financially support any music they fall in love with here, you can get their new song, Bedridden, for free. You'll find a link to that song on their website. Well, nothing's for free. That's good. Yes. And their website is themidwesternband.com, themidwesternband.com. They play with a folksy bent. A list of their influences include Bob Dylan, Wilco, Neil Young, Eddie Vedder, Kings of Leon, and something called Neutral Milk Hotel. That's awesome. Have you heard of that one? No, but I love the name. Well, I like to think every episode is a learning experience for us as well as our listeners. So I'm adding Neutral Milk Hotel to my homework list. You'll find links to the Midwestern on our website, ohiomysteries.com. Just click on the featured music link at the top of the page and you're one click away from all the Buckeye talent we've been introducing you to. But right now, turn up the volume and chill out. We're going to play you the entire version of Bedridden for you right now. And we'll see you back here next week for another Ohio Mystery. I don't understand why Like I used to Like I used to So I'll just go on down Mother said Won't you love me instead?
fall down against your bed and leaves have come and gone away. Yeah, I just can't remember what she said. And hold me down as your hair falls against my face and la di da di da di da di da. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.